This is the Bird Dad Podcast. I'm Ian Carlson. It's March in Maine, and the red-winged blackbirds have returned. There are typically 8 to 13 seasons in a Maine calendar year. About 7 of them are winter. There's winter, the dead of winter, false spring, winter again, second false spring, spring-winter, and then mud season, which some years is still considered winter, but by then most people are sick enough of the cold that they're ready to call anything spring. Once, back in 1816, we got a foot of snow on June 17th and a good layer of frost for Independence Day. But this is now, and the blackbirds are back. I've learned to rely on them arriving in late February or early March, sometime between second false spring and spring winter, depending. They filter into marshes and fields and mix flocks with grackles and cowbirds, and this crazy, squeaky orchestra greens the grass, and slowly coaxes the trees to bud. So, with my coffee this morning, I did some investigating out the kitchen window. The grass was perhaps a little greener, and the trees perhaps a little redder around the edges with the promise of new leaves. But it was hard to tell under all that white stuff. Spring-winter had indeed arrived, and with a peculiar enthusiasm, had just dumped four inches of snow over everything, like a toddler upending a bag of flour. It takes a certain kind of humor to live here. But by mid-afternoon, the sky had turned a bluebird blue, and the sun was out, and the snow had already begun to melt. So I went for a walk in the woods. These woods are my backyard woods. I'm planning on getting to know them pretty well. It's spring of 2020, which means it's the spring of COVID-19, and my wife and I have been sheltering in place for two weeks now. And, well, no one seems to know how much longer we'll need to do this. It's also a few days before our first child is born. That's right, a kid. I didn't call this podcast Bird Dad for nothing. As the number of people infected by this novel form of the coronavirus grows, so too does our child. There's so little we can do about either of these things right now, except wait. But waiting is hard. So I went out for a walk. I was thinking I might get lucky, maybe see a woodcock out probing for worms, or flush a grouse. But it was a little after 2 p.m., and there was nothing to be found. Okay, there were some black-capped chickadees. And an American crow. But mostly nothing. It's odd, expecting a child while the world is in crisis. I'd been preparing myself for my world to change. I wasn't preparing on the world to change around me, too. Everyone I keep in contact with over the internet is talking about a before- and an after. But it's not on the same level. 
I'm excited for my after. I just hope we bought enough diapers. I know I should count my blessings. It's just that having a child during a pandemic feels like finding out that you won the lottery at a funeral. It feels selfish to celebrate. Humanity is in crisis. The only crisis I'm facing is having to wait. Waiting on our child. Waiting on a disease. Waiting on birds. Mid-afternoon is really the worst time to look for birds. In the woods, I found a little clearing beneath a squat and scraggly white pine. A little brown hummock of needles that had been warmed by the sun. It looked inviting, so I sat down, stretched out, turned my face toward the sun, and waited. This is something I used to do as a child. Go out into the woods and sit. Finger through the needles for bugs or stones. I probably hit my peak of time spent sitting in the woods when I was ten or eleven. And there I was, halfway through my thirties, doing it again. And then I thought, my unborn son is closer to that age than I am. And then I got sick with nostalgia for my youth, and I prayed to God a bird would come and save me. Minutes later, that distraction arrived. I heard this peculiar whistle, a key, like the call of a broad-winged hawk, but lower to the ground and somewhat earlier on the calendar than expected. Broadwing hawks typically don't arrive till sometime after mud season. I looked around. A blue jay, I thought. Now, a fact I learned the other day was that blue jays aren't actually blue. They're brown, but the way that their feathers are structured, something about a vacuole on a barb or something, reflects the blue light and makes blue jays appear that stunning hue. When I told my wife this fact that I had only half learned, she patiently responded, Sure, but isn't that the way all colors work? Well, yes, I replied. But this is different, I think. Weedle, weedle. A blue jay alighted in a nearby tree. Key! It imitated the hawk again, but this time plainly in my line of sight. Aha, I thought, suddenly becoming something of a naturalist. Blue jays will sometimes imitate hawks to scare other birds away from a food source or from their nest. I learned that somewhere, too. I didn't see any food source nearby or a nest, but from my place beneath the tree, I lacked both the mindset and the vantage point of the jay. Weedle, weedle. It practiced being a blue jay again. And then it flew off. And so I sat there under that pine tree, alone with my bird facts, and waited for the next feathered thing to distract me. And that's the story. Sorry if you were looking for something different. But if you enjoyed yourself, please subscribe and stick around, because there's more fun coming. You just have to wait.
The Bird Dad Podcast is written, recorded, and produced by me, Ian Carlson. Additional field recording provided by Doug Hitchcocks. Outro music is Barbobot by Doubletone. I want to give a special thanks to my friend Bill Duffy, who passed away the day I started recording this project, and to whom I owe so much when it comes to the world of narration. Bill, thank you. I hope there's less airplane noise in heaven. Weedle, weedle.